Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 190 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. And today, we are joined by Chris, a.k.a. Hugothy. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks Thanks for having me back again. It's good to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we said that we were potentially going to be doing a Final Fantasy VIII Fangasm episode, you were just like, get me on it. <laughs> My hand shut up like the teacher's pet. Oh, <laughs> that's because you're a treppy. You're a treppy. You know, I, I am. Treppy, always a treppy. I am all about eight, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But no, it's good to have someone else on the show. It's good to have like three of us on the show. Yeah, we can have since some different had one. perspectives. Yes, yes. Yeah, we've got from one to three. It's good. Yeah, although all of us are pretty much fans of eight, I would say. I yeah. This will, this will definitely be a <laughs> so, fangasm episode. That's for sure. Literally, it's going to be a fangasm. There's the going to be nothing else. The different perspectives of a Final Fantasy VIII fan. Yeah, why Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII is amazing from three different perspectives, while also being fair and balanced. But it is still amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah. So basically, for this episode, we're going to be um, talking about Final Fantasy VIII in different degrees. So we're going to be talking about our favorite characters, our favorite moments from the game, and also our favorite pieces of music. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's so hard. It's not really going to be a critical, I don't know, review or anything. It's just like why we like it. Mm. That's it. That's yeah. what it needs to be. Yeah, because I mean, like the last time I did actually play eight was actually probably a couple of years ago now that I I fully played it to the nth degree. To the nth degree. So I have rev- we've obviously reviewed it a bit with the videos, but like my my sort of in depth knowledge of eight is is only surface. I don't think I've actually played Final Fantasy eight since I first played it. Really? So, but it- your memory is like crazy. It is. It's like crazy yeah, extreme. But um Well it's but yeah. it's like what is the first game that I really played a lot. Yeah. I, I, I went into the the red timer on the, <laughs> on, because I had put too much take game time into it and so I just it's basically just ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Even everything. though yeah, it's been almost twenty years since I, I played it last. How about you, crazy. Chris? I played through it last year. I did the disc one Lionheart run last year. Ooh. Um well almost I got to the disc three on it but uh play through enough of it recently i think i can help back you two up yeah yeah it's good all right so um we're gonna get on to that in a second but obviously for you new folks who are listening for the first time final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom arts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday working in rotation with kingdom arts union and we come on the itunes store as well as finalfantasyunion.com and we're now going to do our shout-outs for Patreon supporters who have pledged $2.50 or more per episode. Starting with Nahi Klebawi. Chris Morales. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thurin Bullen at Massacre23. Tori Patrick. Lewis James. Rachel Casterton at Urbian Ray. Muhammad Kayam. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Name Gym. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. David Calro. Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Cappy. Vitanitas. And Mike. Yay, thank Yay, you guys thank you so everyone. much. Alright, so before we get on to Kingdom uh, Whoa. Whoa, spoilers <laughs> there. Before we get on to Fun Fantasy Eight, we're just going to do a quick roundup of our immediate impressions from Kingdom Hearts Three, starting mm. with Chris, because I know you've got a lot to say about it, right? <laughs> I have so much to say that I can't even start getting into it. Uh, no, I have not <laughs> hopped on the train just yet. I don't have a lot of time to play games at the moment, and I just haven't been able to justify picking it up yet. But I'll get yeah. to it soon. Um, I'm soon. That's the thing. Soon. That's the kind of like sort of thing that Daryl and I have gotten in, where we have so many games that we just like haven't touched or haven't finished that we we've just decided you know what we're not picking up a new one until we've finished xyz but we picked up kingdom hearts 3 because well, we have no, we, right? we have no shame <laughs> we had we just no we had just managed to finish vampire just in time yeah yeah well see you fair, finished the did. one game so there you go you just kind of it. i got too i got too stressed out with vampire i didn't like biting people um but kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a long story, but yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, I honestly, like I was saying to Daryl yesterday, and I know that people are tired of hearing it, but I feel like Kingdom Hearts 3 is almost the game that Versus 13 or Final Fantasy 15 should have been from a gameplay perspective. 
Like, it is so good as far as gameplay goes. Like, the combos are so much fun. Um, so much of the, like, summons that you have are are so fluid and interesting. I mean, going into it, we were a bit, like, shaky because we felt like it was maybe too much being put in. But in some ways, it's it's very organized. Like, it's organized in its chaos. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. I love the camera integration. I love everything. It's weird because I was saying to Lauren yesterday, actually, um, like, I've spent, uh, we're probably about 14, 15 hours in each, right? Mm-hmm. Different places, but you've done different things yeah. than I have. Yeah, um, But yeah, like the gameplay is just like, if you think about what ended up in 13, uh, sorry, what ended up in 15 and then what is in Kingdom Hearts 3 versus what you thought maybe versus 13 would have had. It's like, you've got Keyblade switching. Yeah. You've got Keyblade modifications. Like there's uh, different combos, there's flow motion, all these different warping mechanics. It's basically the same thing, but better yeah Hmm. like the leveling up system makes sense it's not this weird sort of crazy webbing that they have with uh final fantasy 15 where you're just confused as to what is actually going on um like with uh kingdom hearts 3 it's like you have your three characters um you do also have the uh guest characters but they all level up and you can choose what abilities they have done simple it's like it's just so organized and crisp and then um on top of that you have one of the best collecting systems i think i've ever seen in the game where you use your camera to take pictures of lucky emblems and i know the mem has been going on for ages but this is such a smart system because there's so many times where i want to collect stuff in the game i have no freaking clue what i've already collected so i have to go back to each location to make sure that I've actually opened it. Granted, there's still like the treasure treasure chests in Kingdom Hearts 3, but like with uh, the lucky emblems and then the Koopa locations, you have a picture of it. So you can see where you've actually done it and where you've not. That's amazing. That's also, so genius. Going back to 15, it's like Prompto cameras. Yeah. Like they actually put the camera mechanic in Kingdom Hearts 3 in a better way. And. And the mules as well. Like, they, they literally did everything better. I mean, like, if could you imagine if Ignis, you had to actually cook with Ignis? So you could actually, like, um, it, they're very simple mini games, but you just sort of throw in the stuff and then you make the certain meals. That is such a better integration of those systems than they did with 15. I hate to be, like, such a harsh person against 15, but... Like they just did it so much better. It's, it's put a for me. It's put a new perspective on fifteen mm. because I okay. So here we're talking about gameplay specific. I'm not going to get onto the Kingdom Hearts three story. Yeah, that's that's different. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Dangerous for you, Daryl. But I think yeah, for for me specifically, yeah, and I think you're the same. Like the gameplay is just it's just a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I I don't really have anything bad to say about it. And no. it's just yeah it's, it's fun it's, yeah it's fun it's it's a fun game but so, yeah so that's our that's our kingdom hearts 3 impressions there's you're, a lot you're of, selling there's me a lot of, i gotta say there's a lot of similarities it between is. kingdom hearts 3 and what 13 uh, sorry why do you saying 13 what 15 because it was versus 13 yeah uh, yeah yeah it's true uh what 15 could have been i yeah. guess yes i guess that's completely, probably it. Completely. right so uh enough about that <laughs> enough Heart. about that positivity no, <laughs> i know <laughs> all right so final fantasy 8 is 20 this year Ooh. we've actually oh. uh by the time this comes out we would have passed its 20th anniversary in Aww. japan obviously in the west it's not until later in the year mm. but uh yeah it's 20 years 20 years so soon I can't is an that. old man i yeah. know especially yeah with the fact that i haven't played it since i know that's crazy it's it is weird like i know you talk about my memory i don't i don't get it like i've yeah. played some of them mo- multiple times but i haven't I haven't replayed a Final Fantasy game for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I've I've really like recently have I've never, revisited them. I've never played through 9 twice. I've never played through 8 twice. That's the only I've one. I've done 7 that... a couple of times and I've done 10 a couple of times. I'm the same. I I haven't played through 9. I haven't played through 9 multiple times. Um you've obviously played through a lot, haven't you, Chris? Uh with the older games, yeah, like 7, 8 and then 9 and up through 10 and Ten too. I played a lot, but that was just at that point in my life. I had the free time. Yeah. Whereas now I'm kind of struggling to get any time in, and um, so yeah, RPGs don't replayed a lot. I know. I know that's a thing. RPGs just don't work with our lifestyles. 
as as well. Yeah, need quick, immediate yeah. experiences that last for hours. I know. Okay, so um, yeah, on that on that fun note, um, so yeah, as I mentioned, we're going to structure this in terms of characters, moments, and scenes, and then pieces of music. So. Obviously, like Final Fantasy VIII had a really strong cast of characters, and it was quite different from what we'd seen before. Obviously, characters had been in that similar age bracket for a while, mm. but I think it was the first time where it was purely everyone's the same age. Mm. Because before, even with Final Fantasy, uh, it's like um, six and seven, the characters, the main characters, were generally younger. But uh, you had like a, a wider range of people within the, the wider cast. Uh, and even with Seven, obviously, you had like Sid and Barrett and, and Vincent as the kind of mm. the older people. Um, but with Final Fantasy VIII, it was just like everyone's, seven, everyone's 16, 17, 18. Yeah, that is actually interesting to think about. And um, I think because of, uh, I guess, the, the target demographic at the time were also kind of around that same age too. So it was like an entire cast of people that you kind of resonated with, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, who out of this cast of characters was the person that resonated with you the most? I am going to go with Squall. Um, when I first played the demo for, for the game, um, a few months before the game came out, I was kind of like drawn to his just his battle style and uh, the way he played through the game. And uh, by the time I picked up, uh, picked it up on on release day and watched the opening cinematic. I thought there's something to this character, and sure enough, through the whole through the whole experience, um, I really was drawn to his introverted and and withdrawn nature, and I really identified with that at that time in my life because I was 12 years old when this game came out, and uh, replayed it a lot through high school when I was when I was that angsty teenager. Yeah. Um. So I could really identify with him you know, being kind of quiet and, you know, the things he was talking about in his internal monologues, which was a really nice touch to get that. Yeah, no, um, no. Yeah, I really, uh, I, I really saw myself in him and I continue to identify with him even 20 years later into my 30s. <laughs> I know. So. It's just like that thing, just his bitterness is universal, I think, his, his, his angstiness. There was so much sass. There was. Like, especially in the earlier sequences when, like, uh, Quistis is obviously a bit confused about stuff. Oh, my God. And he's just like, can you just leave me alone, please? Just the fact that he... talk to a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who says that to somebody? That is horrendous. Granted, it might... I I don't know what it was in Japanese. It would be interesting to see what it actually translates to. But, like, that is just so rude. Maybe uh, Alexander Smith probably did it right. The translation work. Maybe he was yeah. just uh, trying to get something out with that. I don't sequence. know. <laughs> just go talk to a wall. Like, and she doesn't even like sort of falter really. Like, she just kind of keeps on going. Like, da 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 da. Like, I'd be like, what? I will slap your mouth so hard. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I <laughs> chose Squall too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just because, yeah. Like, I at that age. And even now, probably, I'm I'm just one of those people who is attracted to intelligence and, like, Squall has a very... Oh, wow. I know. Uh, Squall has a very... <laughs> Squall has a very quiet intelligence and is also very um, introverted. And at that time, like, that was just... I, I, loved, I loved these sort of intelligent, quiet types, I think, is, is the case. And Squall is, like, the epitome of a quiet sort of soft intelligent person but like i lived for his sass as well but i also love the fact that squall had really understandable growth um through final fantasy 8 like he wasn't it wasn't like he all of a sudden changed like you could really see how he evolved but how he also stayed um the same like he was still sassy squall by the end of it he didn't like just go full on hero. I'm amazing. He he was just like you know he he was still himself. It was an understandable transformation. Yeah, I think that's probably most epitomized by the scene he has with Renawa on on the the train tracks while they're walking to Esther, mm. where he talks to her about his feelings, thinking that she's unconscious, mm. and uh, like that, stuff like that just really showed that up to that point they'd made him kind of one dimensional. Uh, but but really, like he did have these feelings deep down that he just didn't really know how to express. Mm. 
and he was just so worried about other people and their opinions of him and, and how they would perceive him. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's. Oh, sorry to cut oh, in, no, but it's it's great how he uh, how he realizes so much by talking to a wall himself. Actually, because of <laughs> yeah, yeah, he actually he took like his own advice. I think like for, it's for both of you as well. Like um, obviously, Chris, you mentioned about the kind of the time of your life and the, that you were an angsty teenager, and I think like they'd they'd tried it and i think kataze actually said as well like um final fantasy 8 and 7 uh they'd kind of done these more sullen moody protagonists uh intentionally um because i guess they knew that i guess it's harder for them because i don't know what people are like in japan but especially in the west over here without wanting to stereotype but i guess we kind of can because we are all these people um the people that were playing rpgs at that time were a type of person like playing video games at school wasn't cool mm-hmm. like they were, we were the kind of people that were hanging out in libraries reading strategy guides mm-hmm. and stuff and like <laughs> you know i think like squall he obviously wasn't actively doing that kind of thing but there were many of his character traits that were similar and i think it was just kind of that perfect mix as well because like with with the other characters they introduced around school and i think it's telling because I've also picked school. That, um, like, school all around. Like the other characters within the game are good, but they were there to show Squall's growth. Yeah, it was like the one where it was literally Squall's story. Essentially, I don't think there's any question as to who it was focused on. Like compared to the other games, um, like six or or even nine and ten to a degree. I mean, they all all of the other games had had specific segments where there's a tangent you learn more about this character Mm -hmm. whereas eight it was like you get small bits like uh, selfie obviously has the whole thing with trebiah garden um then irvine has little bits as well yeah but most of the time it's very it's yeah it's very focused these guys are trying to uh it's 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 about their dynamic with squall as opposed to their dynamics with each other Mm -hmm. like there are obviously Mm -hmm. different bits like um the selfie and irvine romance but like quistis and zell don't really have anything like no most of what they have going on is 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 quite hidden like the the zell and the the girl with the pigtails it's mm. it's you could even not even do that mm. and you wouldn't even know no most people know about zell well, is that he's sure. a chicken worse he eats hot dogs and that's pretty much it yeah or tries to eat the hot yeah, yeah. Tries to eat the hot yeah dogs. and then chokes <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that is the thing. Like Squall is the one who he he is front and center. Again, what they probably should have done with fifteen. That is a way to make it like focused on the one character, but not make it. Yeah, I mean, there's been numerous instances because even you could even say with ten with Titus, like it was the story from a character's perspective, but it wasn't like completely honed in or channeled yeah. in. It was gray as to yeah. who the main character was. Because it could have easily been Eunice. But yeah, that that's just so, going on and on. So, school is... Like, how do you feel about the other characters then? I do love the other characters. I really like Quistus and I love Selfie. I probably, of, of all of them, my number two would probably be Irvine. Just because of the fact that he is another character who is has a quiet sort of suffering. But, like, it's interesting. Um hmm. Because he, like, it, it's something that we've explored in the past is, is the sense that the reason why he can't shoot Adia at the parade is because he knows that it's Matron, because he's the only one who remembers everybody. But he acts as if he doesn't, he doesn't know them, but he remembers all of them. And I just find that storyline so interesting. And the, like, I just find his, his personality to be hilarious um like everybody thinks that he's a ladies man but really he's just playing up for selfie because he is a hundred percent like in love with selfie and i think that's the interesting thing about irvine because on a superficial level you think he's one type of person but Mm -hmm. like once you actually start like kind of peeling away the layers like he's a completely different person if you replay the game you see irvine a lot differently than you did before definitely what about you chris how do you feel about the the wider cast yeah, I, I was going to say I, I preached them all uh, a lot as well. Um, Quistus and, and Rhinoa too. Like Rhinoa has a fair amount of growth through it as well from being this um, sort of naive uh, wannabe rebel to um, actually taking on the burden of being the sorceress. 
and um, the whole growth that you see through the orphanage scene, which is like one part of the story I, I could say is poorly handled um, relatively compared to the rest of it. Just the way it's like, oh, by the way, we all grew up together. But at the same time, there's a lot of growth, like you say, from that scene with Irvine. That was something I didn't pick up on until like three playthroughs yeah. in. Um, like, oh, that's why he can't shoot her. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I didn't. And the, the, the game just has a way of um, building up these characters. Like, it's all about Squall, but at the same time, the other playable characters are so well-developed through little mannerisms, like their go-to animations, like the way Irvine flourishes his hat, <laughs> or Zell punches on the spot, or um, Selfie running around on the train. Like, there's little mannerisms that they use. It really makes them feel fully developed. Yeah. Um, in a way that Seven didn't quite accomplish with its minimalistic... Um, character designs on the on the overworld so i think something they also did really well was um with the inclusion of sifa because um Mm -hmm. like he wasn't the de facto villain in the game yeah but he was squall's rival but he wasn't he didn't just have the rivalry with squall he obviously had the whole thing with zell as well which just it's just kind of this side thing that was just more it wasn't so much funny but it was just this you could see how much zell hated him whereas squall didn't really like for Squall, he was just like a guy who just happened to be annoying, but with Zell, like it was just this hate, this inner hatred. I know. But then you had like Fujin and Raijin who were also heavily connected with Sifa as well, and and like they were yeah, it's like the relationships between these characters were it, because they were all at school together. Mm-hmm. It was much more kind of uh, close because if you think about all of the other games that we've had, most of the cast don't ever know each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're always like so. If you look, kind of like, thrown together, yeah. Like like Final Fantasy VII, like Cloud and Tifa know each other, but yeah. none of the other people yeah, know like each other. Yeah, like they just like, meet they them. just and like even with Nine, like <laughs> it's just it's just a ragtag group of people that just gradually come together to solve a problem. Whereas Final Fantasy VIII, uh, and I guess Ten to a degree as well, with obviously um, like kind Titus of. and Oren kind of come in. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Re- and Riku as well. Yeah. But it's the only one where like everyone in the in like the in the core cast, um, including Adia as well, they all know each other and they've known each other for their entire lives. Like okay, so they don't necessarily know that immediately. No. In terms of like the the depth of those relationships, but you know like Squall, uh, Sifa, um, Quistis, Cell, uh, C- um, and Selfie, like they've all known each other. They've been at school with each other. Yeah. Since they were like five. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point, definitely. Because yeah, yeah, they all do know each other, and I do love um I do love the relationship between like Cipher uh, and Raijin and Fujin as well. Like especially um disciplinary committee. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but like the ending scene, like I mean, you see you see Fujin and Raijin as a, as a certain way throughout the game, but then um <clears throat> when you fight Cipher for the last time on the Lunatic Pandora. And they're just like, dude, you have to stop. Like, we're not fighting. We're not fighting them anymore. Like, you just have to give up the chase or whatever. Like, I just, I love that. Yeah, like, like they, it's they, so good. They kind of tolerated his antics for a little while. And then the, in the end, it was just like, yeah, they were like school kids. They were just like, right, okay, maybe you need to just dial it down a little like, bit dude, now. Like, dude, dude, chill, chill. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there, there, there was a lot of really good writing in Final Fantasy VIII, I think. Okay, so... Moving on to our favorite moments and scenes, mm-hmm. um, Lauren, what, what was the scene that really stood out for you from the game? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I was saying to Daryl when I was choosing these, I was just like, I probably have said completely different things on different occasions. So I think that shows the depth of the <laughs> game, I, though. Yeah, like there's just so many things that I really do love about Final Fantasy VIII. Um, but today, today I have chosen the parade. Um, I just... That sequence is just so good and has always stuck with me. Like, is I that love... because of the thriller dance? Oh yeah, because of the thriller dance. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think it's also, and this is going to sound really strange, but and and it's still it's still with me now. I can't play horror games. Okay, I can't play horror games. They scare me half to death. The going through the sewers kind of made me think of a horror game and I was just like I feel brave going through these sewers or whatever I don't know why but I get like the Parasite Eve feeling from that and I was just like I'm a big brave dog and I just liked it I don't know I I don't know I don't know why I felt that way but I I still do feel that way with it I don't know why um but either way 
I liked it. I, I really like that whole sequence. I like the fact that like Renoa um, is running away from her dad who locks her in and then all the other guys get locked in the same room um, because Renoa's run off. Um, and then there's the whole sequence with Adia and the fact that you have to assassinate her and then Irvine fumbling and um, Squall then getting pierced. It's just such a high note to end on the first disc. Like it's just crazy like this all happens in the first disc i was i was thinking um i know if i I think i've said before that to me and i I don't know if you guys agree but the the disc one of final fantasy 8 is like the best sequence of any final fantasy in my opinion Mm. like and like that the the way it ends on the parade with with uh yeah Irvine misses the shot and score's just like you know what i'm gonna have to do this myself aren't i yeah she's like jumps off the roof into a car yeah drives <laughs> like uh, like Full avoiding speed. all these yeah like yeah. doing like whatever he's just like no i have to do this it was just yeah like such a good good sequence and like i guess what i was thinking about is that you don't really have that anymore mm. because with with those older games they knew that there was a disc cutoff yeah and they had to do something that Big. meant that yeah like the disc change would happen on a really big high. Yeah, so and like, they would continue doing it. And then disc two obviously starts from the prison. It's like a completely different note. It's like really downbeat. Like you don't really know what's going on. Like the music is just so solemn as well. Like very minimal. Like it's just, it's so different. Like, mm. But like, yeah, the parade assault, like that, that ending sequence was just such a well-crafted, like we've got to do this we're all we're all like a team um and like but it was just that kind of like the attitude of school to just say like fine you know what yeah i've got i'm just gonna do this i'm just gonna try and do this like irvine you failed who cares like whatever it doesn't matter yeah we just gotta gotta get get this done we just gotta get this done yeah yeah focus on the mission yeah but yeah no i yeah it 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 is a fair point because yeah i think i think in a lot of games they save everything to the end, don't they? They don't really have as much of the levels in the storyline that they used to. And I think that is a fair point that it must be because of the fact that they don't have the discs anymore. There's not so much of the, all right, let's ride up the roller coaster and let's go down on the first hill, okay? But there's not like the second hills and the third hills. And yeah, Final Fantasy VIII definitely had a lot of that. Like the events, the events planning is really good with that game. I mean, if you think about seven, I, that's the that's, there's some of the things I remember about these games. Like, yeah. the, when's the cutoff? Like, mm. I remember like Metal Gear Solid. The cutoff is like Sniper Wolf. Yeah. Like, and and yeah. Final Fantasy VII as well. Like, it's it's the Hojo fight. Mm. I just remember like that is like the. All, I always remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But like Final Fantasy fifteen, like if you told me like what are some of the high points that happen throughout the game, I, I don't know like the summon battles, I guess. Um. Yeah. Like um, Luna Freya. Like the whole Leviathan fight. But it's I like guess. because it's but in yeah. like uh like thirteen chapters or whatever. Yeah. It's like some of those chapters don't really mean anything. Like, yeah. Like... Yeah. Like what was the point of the chapters really? But either way. Yeah, I just imagine if fifteen had done something epic at the end of each chapter, like like we did with the disc change, it would be a totally different story. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But yeah, so my my favorite scene. Um, <laughs> Which I guess is is the garden battle, and it's it's the specific moment that after you've saved Renoa, you land uh, down on the on the grass, and then you're running through the sequence. And I just, I know Final Fantasy VIII has got some great cutscenes, but it was just the fact that it was a cutscene that you interacted with. You yeah. were running through mm. this cutscene, and it was just if you just stopped i know you couldn't really stop because it wouldn't let you yeah but if you just stopped and just looked at what was going on there was so much detail about all the different people that were fighting the different um accidents and and like explosions that were happening everywhere it was just so intense and again like it was something that they did really well in terms of the the rise and the fall because Mm. you think about that scene like you've gone through this huge battle sequence you've landed you've run through the whole thing and then you get to the other end and it's just silence calm it's just completely calm. But even just the lead up to it, like the fact that you're breaking out of the windows, you had the whole helicopter thing with the um, Galbadian soldier. There's yeah, that mini game. There's yeah. so yeah, and then, much. And then you get into Galbadia Garden, and it's just there's no one there. Yeah, it's just completely quiet. It's like the calm, the, the storm, and then the calm before the second storm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. 
and there's the whole like start of the romantic builds up there too with the with the rings going yeah. on at the same time. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's the, thing, that's as the well. thing. Like that happens literally. You are running through yeah. a battlefield, people dying and screaming everywhere, and she's just like, "By the way, <laughs> can I have your wings, please, please?" But yeah, but it's, it's for sale. Yeah, but I think yeah. like I think the other thing is that because it has such so much of those sequences, I think Final Fantasy VIII is easier to remember as well. Because you do already kind of have it in your head. Like these are, it's kind of like bookmarks, like marker points within the game. And I feel like it helped me, it helps me remember the whole game. I mean, another, another really so easy one is, is the space mission, right? So yeah. um, Adele gets, gets freed. And then like, you've got the whole scene of the, the lunar cry happening or thing. Yeah. And then again, it just goes to kind of calm because then it's like, oh, Renoa's in space. Yeah. And now we've got to try and save her. Yeah. And it's just like you get the whole the quiet sequence as he's drifting towards her. It's just like they did it really well in terms of like just building these massive things up to then just kind of calm down. Yeah. But what about you, Chris? Mm -hmm. What about your what about yours? Um, those are really good choices. Um, I would say anytime you fight a sorceress, um, whether it's Adele when she's captured by Noah or um building up to those fights with Adia, those are great moments. But all I'm gonna go today with the Dalit mission, um, just as a whole um, it's your first mission. Well, one of your, your only real mission as a seed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, the whole the whole ride of storming the beach and going through the city, and then again, like you say, waiting. You know, they wait around the fountain square, and Cipher can't handle the calm. And yeah, then you fight your way up the hill past those monsters, and you think that's as bad as it's going to get. The whole fight with Biggs and Wedge getting replaced by um, the Elnoil. That's is, is it Elvaret? Oh, anyways, that, is it Elnoil or Elvaret? Elvaret. Elvaret. Elnoil is the ones in Esther. Um, and then yeah, the whole sequence with the the spider robot, the XATM. Yeah. Uh, it's just all so and, good. and all the different ways you can tackle that 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 part of it in, in half an hour. Yeah. Um, like whether you want to like fight it minimally or de- outright destroy the thing if you've been power leveling already. Yeah. No, like and it's then, so uh, the, cool. The whole ending with Quistus and the Gatling gun. I mean, the whole thing. I know. Like, and again, happened within the first disc. Like, it's crazy to think that that all happened. That plus the parade all happened within the first disc of the game. Yeah, the first two hours, really, for that. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it's it's the equivalent of Seven's second reactor run. Yeah. And you're, you're in an action movie, basically. Yeah, it's just all action. But no, I love the Dalit sequence. And um, I was sad that it, like... Hearing about it now, like the, um, cause I didn't get to play eight when it first came out. Um, but like the demo that, uh, some people got when you, uh, bought it with Pizza Hut, like that was, that was the intro to the game. And, um, like that would have been so cool to play through. Um, really weird because it's Renoa with you and, and it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but like, yeah, no, the Dalit mission is, is so good and it really sets up like yeah. Cypher as well. Yeah, for sure. Like Cypher doesn't get a lot of screen time mm-hmm. overall, um, for an, for a major antagonist, Yeah, but you see so much of him in just the way he handles it. Like he can't follow orders. He's just, he needs to be the hero. And Biggs and Wedge um, as well. In. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Those are two great minor characters. Like... They're so funny on top of the um, communications tower thing and fighting with each other. But yeah, no, there's so many the good bickering, things. and then they ultimately get kicked out of the battle and replaced. Yeah, the whole, yeah. So Total um, fangasm, like I said. Yeah, yes. I mean, like I know, yeah, like it. They have such a such a great kind of start. Obviously, it wasn't the, the actual start to the game. No, um, but it was such a great like kind of. Yeah, I'm going for this exam. I've got to try and do as good as I can because you actually got graded as well in your performance, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, it's it's it determines your starting seed. Range. Yeah, so like there were so many different aspects to it, and then like obviously we're now going to go into the music, and I, the landing as I've talked about before, like um, was like a really special piece of music for me in terms of uh, obviously it plays during the Dalit mission, like it has the whole build up as well in terms of when they're going across the sea with the moon and yeah, the, the, yeah. the boom boom. Boom, boom. and then obviously it goes into like the the really great theme as well but i haven't picked that piece of music no i've decided to go for the oath uh because for me that's the piece of music where cloud cloud what am i doing <laughs> where ooh. Ooh. Um, oh no they're both 
they're both weather things um <laughs> it's it's the moment for me where, where school really uh comes of age um mm. because sid has been i guess grooming him for a long time did you say sin as sid well? oh sid okay I thought you said sin. Sin, yes, yeah, like, sin has become. Sin back. has been grooming. <laughs> uh, no, Sid, Sid has been grooming um, school for a long time for leadership, but mm. school doesn't really know it. Um, and then that's the kind of moment where he's like, "No, you've got to, you've got to step up and <laughs> surprise." Yeah, be be like the the central point for everyone. And like, I feel like the music just really made that scene so much better because mm. it was yeah. Like, school had no idea what he was doing. He had to like give a speech to the entire school about. How they were gonna like do everything, and it's everything's gonna be great, guys. Blah blah blah. Um, and just the music just really gave it that power. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the speech would sound like if he was just saying it, like yeah. it would be a natural reality without music behind him. Yeah. Um, but for me, David yeah, like that, yeah, that 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 music just really um, it really touched on a, a note of like what it actually meant to school at that time. Like mm. it's just that whole. I'd imagine it's more from Sid's perspective, though, like because it, it just makes you feel proud. Mm-hmm. Like school is this character you've been watching all this time and all the struggles he's been going through, and now he's been put in this position of leadership that he didn't really ask for, but he's doing his he's doing his best. Mm. And and yeah, like it just that music just makes me feel proud of, of school for everything that he's doing. Although, <laughs> like that that actually hints on a like another point that I I saw um, an article not too long ago about Cypher and Squall and they used the oath as a sort of like um, not necessarily the song but the whole speech sequence and Sid's relationship with Squall um, as a as a sort of point towards what Cypher is to Squall and how like Cypher really he wasn't a bad person he was actually like he he he's a bit like Tara in, uh, from Kingdom Hearts in the sense that he just makes some bad decisions and some deals with some bad people. But ultimately, he wants the same thing as Squall. And it's just weird that, like, Squall is the one who was chosen to be groomed and not Cypher. It's like that thing where it's like the favoritism. And, like, how Cypher is the one who gets kicked out of school. He um, he has to sort of be on his own as a rogue or whatever doesn't get accepted into seed even though he was part of the reason why they even uncovered what they uncovered um during the dullet mission and like you know it's it's almost like a stolen moment like should that moment have been squalls or should it have been realistically ciphers like i just i don't know i just thought about that and i i just find that so fascinating all because of a piece of music all because of a piece of music I just love it. <laughs> what about you, though, Chris? What 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 piece of music are you going to go for as your your favorite standout track? Oath is a really good one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Premonition actually today, uh, which is essentially a Dia's battle theme. Um, it plays in the parade uh, when you first fight her, and again in the second fight, I believe. But it's that kind of um, almost like gothic, almost organ type <laughs> feel to it. Yeah, that's um, pretty much Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack to a T. <laughs> Well, one of yeah. one of its major boots, anyways. Um, yeah, no, it was just it's an understated piece of battle music, um, but it's it's just so fitting for the sorceress um, battle in that it's slow and melodic and terrifying in a way, even, um, and it just says so much about her quiet and still power. Mm. Um, she's not she's not Sephiroth. She doesn't need to run around with a sword hacking people down. She can just stand there and watch you coolly, and then stab you through the chest yeah. with a nice blade yeah um yeah she's it's, she's like she's such an understated villain i think overall that you know we don't rush to her when we think of cool final fantasy villains but if you really slow down and think about it just the power that she slash ultimacia commands it's really powerful and it really shines through in that theme yeah I definitely i mean like she was aside from i guess well cloud of darkness whether or not you want to assign a gender to her she is like the first major female villain um ultimessia of of course um and adia to a degree you can connect them but yeah no i love i love anything with adia she's just so cool i really just yeah i love her design interesting choice as well it is very 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 interesting um and i want to i want to just throw into that this game has some of the best rearrangements um that i've ever heard 
Um, you know, we, we get a lot of good um, piano collections and live performances and even down to albums like the Bras de Bravo albums. Um, but Final Fantasy VIII has a great one in, uh, I think it was called Fethos, Lusek, uh, Pathos, yeah. 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 That's a good that. one. That's a really good one. <laughs> but yeah, Oath gets a great arrangement yeah. on it. Um, and actually one of my favorite pieces from the game, or one of my favorite pieces from Eight is because of that album. Uh, Fragments of Memories is a really quiet and like almost like it's, it sounds like it's played on like a kid's yeah. music box. It's the, it's the music from the Windhill flashback yeah. specifically, um, but it, it has a beautiful rearrangement on 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 the arrangements album, and again on uh, Brasta Bravo was like a clarinet quartet, Aww. and um, it's a song that didn't really stand out to me through the game, but then through that, it's one of my favorite pieces of Final Fantasy music overall because of those two it's arrangements. Just like yeah, and then that leads me on to uh, Fisherman's Horizon, which I also didn't think to choose as well, like. Fisherman's Horizon is just so good. The rearrangement for that for um, Distant Worlds is just, oh, it's so good. I we love were, it We so were talking much. before we recorded as well about how Final Fantasy VIII is like, it's such a diverse soundtrack because mm. there is a lot of minimalist pieces in there, but there's like prog rock, mm. there's like, um, or like full orchestrated music in there as well. And like, it was, it was such a, yeah, it's such a diverse soundtrack from, from multiple multiple angles i love it so much um but yeah the, the battle themes are so powerful too oh my God, and yeah of course like liberi fatale i know we're not we didn't pick i this know one, but, um, but it's because it's like it's, it's so obvious a, isn't it but it's like also it's it's, it's too it's, it's too cliche it, it yeah. is really good though um but yeah no so my two favorites i i um i chose two um I love Maybe I'm a Lion. Uh, like that Griever battle is just so cool. Um, I loved it when I first played it where you just go from Ultimessia where you have this really, I think, isn't it Premonition again? Doesn't that, isn't that the one that's played? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's phase yeah, one. So yeah. Premonition plays through phase one, which is epic, but then it goes into this really heavy like drum beat and you're just like, what is going on? There's a big glowing orb in front of me. And then all of a sudden it turns into Griever and you're just like, this is so cool. Um, so yeah, no, I love, I love Maybe I'm a Lion and then also the extreme onto that, like all of that. Um, but then it's weird actually as well because like if you think about in in the past like dancing mad and stuff they had these really elongated pieces of music yeah whereas with final fantasy 8 it was like yeah there's there's like four stages to that fight it is so and good. each one has its own individual music but they just blend together so well yeah 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 and they even include also the fidos music i can't pronounce it um in with it as well because when you're transitioning to the extreme they have the small little um whispers of it when you lead into that but actually i'm going to be a bit obscure today and i'm actually going to choose a bit of a i, I guess you would say it's a medley really um it's the ending theme but it's the ending theme that plays in the second lot of credits the end of the ending theme the end of the ending theme so yeah like there's pretty much every theme from the game or most of the themes major themes to the game are involved in this piece um it's the one that sort of starts off with like and it's oh it's gorgeous and then ends with the lovely romantic scene of renoa and squall on the uh balcony of um the uh balam garden and uh, they share a kiss and smile at each other. And, oh, it gives me chills Squall whenever I hear it. is there. Yeah, he, he is, is there. there. I remember I had such a fight with one of my <laughs> friends at school. Um, he was just like, school dies, school dies. And I'm just like, he is not dead. He is not dead. He, he is there on that balcony. <laughs> I was just it. like, you didn't watch the end credits scene. <laughs> oh, I watched all of it. No, you did not. <laughs> he is right there. Um, but, yeah, now I do... I love that. And I, I do love, um, is it Hamaguchi? Hamaguchi? Yeah. Hamaguchi, who does um, the first ending theme, the one with like Eyes on Me, um, that arrangement. Like, it's just so good. All of that yeah, is so Yeah, it was, so the, it was the first game. Uh, I, I can't remember if the reunion tracks for 7 were done before 8 was recorded, but 
Um, it was the first like proper game where Hamaguchi worked with uh, Uematsu on a couple of different pieces, one of which was Liberi Fatali. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. And he also did the ending theme for Final Fantasy X as well, which is also one of my like favorite um, favorite songs. Lawrence, I'm losing my voice. Now, just I'm about losing it. my voice talking about it. But no, it's it's it yeah. Eight I could talk about forever. It's an interesting debate actually. Like do do these scenes have such emotional impact because of the events or because of the music or do we love the music so much because of the I events like which I, came I first on this one i think the music it's always uh, is is the thing that is the final hot puller oh hot yeah puller. yeah i mean for me like but, final fantasy 15 the um the uh the campfire scene no no the scene the scene with luna freya and noctis like after credits or whatever when they play the main theme mm. i cried and i'm like i don't My give heart. a crap about these people but i'm crying well you even cried during the ending of type zero even though you haven't what have you haven't played the game <laughs> i played now but yeah i know uh yeah no i wouldn't uh, i was watching it with daryl and uh yeah zero yeah zero is really good but yeah yeah, yeah so yeah so that's 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 it i think yeah yeah well, and actually, shout out again for the rearrangements. Maybe I'm a lion. Uh, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Black Mages oh, version yeah, of that one. Oh, yeah, so good. Where, Maybe I'm a lion. Where Umatsu gets to live out his prog oh, rock dreams. Gosh. Yeah, no. <laughs> that guitar solo. Oh, I, I, again, I didn't appreciate that song in the game as much until I heard that version. And now it, I think it gives me all the feels. This is your favorite soundtrack for battle music, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because it's Nomura, or Nomura, Nobu. Oh my God, who am I talking about? It's Nobu Imatsu, like, just living his prog rock dreams. Like, he he obviously seems like he's a very big fan of prog rock, considering his work with the Black Mages and stuff. And, like, yeah, he got to live out his prog rock dream fantasy in this game, 100%. He did. So yeah, I think that's pretty much us uh, rounded out. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So we can now go into our music segment, <laughs> which I've aptly picked from Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a track. Uh, it's an arrangement of Fisherman's Horizon, uh, by Daniel Capo and uh, Katie Harrell. And um, actually, it's funny you mentioned the uh, Fifos Lucic Wakos Finosic album. Oh, look at that! Look at that pronunciation. Because uh, mm. because I actually um, when I was younger, I used to have my computer in like the family room. And I was playing that, and I was playing the Fisherman's Horizon version. I think my aunts and uncles were just like, what is this music? Like, just not realizing it was from a game or anything. Because I think it's the, the version that they did that is probably the best best version of Fisherman's Horizon I think I've heard. Because it obviously has like the um, the choral stuff at the beginning, and then goes into like full orchestrated stuff. It's just so, so amazing. Um, but this arrangement, I think it really captures the vibe of Fisherman's Horizon. And uh, they even put some like polite sea sound, seaside sounds in there as well, just to make it seem more airy. Um, but like the Katie, Katie's flute playing as well is is like really really good. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to that. Gotta love a good flute. Yeah, gotta love mm. a good flute. Um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the twenty sixth of February. Make sure you subscribe to us on the iTunes store if you just search for Final Fantasy with there thereabouts. And of course, check out our YouTube channel. Yay. Yay! We've actually only done one Origins Yay. video on Final Fantasy VIII so far. That is shameful. It is quite shameful. It is very shameful. I um, think we should change that. And we didn't even mention Laguna. We went through this whole thing and didn't even mention Laguna once. But mad love for Laguna Arguably right now. the secondary protagonist in the game. Yep, yep. So mad love for Laguna. Well, it's because you didn't do Man in the Machine Girl. Personally, I'm waiting for the Origins uh, hot dog Oh, girl. yes. <laughs> the Origins of Our Library, library girl. girl. Yep. <laughs> yeah, hot dog girl. Didn't even get a name. <laughs> <laughs> she just turns up in a weenie costume at the end of the game. Wee. It's weird, like when you think about that. Like, why? Why did they just choose not to give her a name? No. Why does she have to be pigtail pigtail girl from the library? Like, or Zell's yeah, like, fangirl. Just, like, why, not, why not just give her a name? Maybe they just couldn't it's, translate. It's like with, it's like, with um, like with uh, like parents. They never give parents names. No. Like it's because they're not important. Cloud's mom, Tifa's dad. <laughs> like that's actually their official name. <laughs> Um, it's not quite as bad as the, as the three guys in Fishman's Horizon that like, don't you recognize me? No. And then the first of the game they show up as guy with a familiar face, yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to be those guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, of course you can catch every previous episode of uh, Final Fantasy at com, including the Final Fantasy IX episode we did with Jared mm. many, many years ago, um, which everyone said they really loved. So hopefully you guys like this one as much. 
as well. I hope so. No pressure on you guys to like it. No. No. Um, of course, remember you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. We'd really love for you to join us on there. And uh, yeah, you can get loads of cool stuff like even be able to come on the show. All right, guys, it's time to say goodbye now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us, Chris, by the way. Oh, That's thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk about you. It's like you've been part of the furniture this whole time, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. But yeah, I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a Final Fantasy New.com production. <laughs>